This is the I Work For Him podcast. To make sure you never miss a thing from I Work For Him, subscribe to our email list. Just head to our website at iworkforhim.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, click subscribe, and sign up. We'll send the very latest blogs and podcasts from I Work For Him so you never miss a beat. That's iworkforhim.com. This is producer Michael Marigle. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to today's program. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian Talk Radio. Hey, thanks for tuning into I Work For Him this afternoon as we talk today about the workplace of our college students. But as you're listening to us, whether you're listening on podcast or rebroadcast or live on AM 570 or 910 or 102.1, or maybe you're listening to us on the rebroadcast on Talk America Radio, however you are hearing our show today, just know that you have been prayed for and specifically that you will get something out of today's show that will help you connect what you learn on Sunday with what you do in your 9 to 5. And today, we're talking about the ability to, to defend our faith. You know, how do our college kids learn to defend their faith in the workplace? How do you learn to defend your faith in your workplace? But their workplace it's the classroom. Each and every day they spend hours in the classroom and in and out of the classroom studying. We all know that college campuses around the world are toxic towards people of faith and they're growing in animosity to anything nonconformist like being a Christ follower. You know, today as we welcome, uh, well, we got lots of people that we're talking today from Ratio Christi. But we've got Cheryl Young. She's going to kind of be the, uh, she's she's the representative from Ratio Christie, and she's done a lot of coordinating to help us pull the show off today. And as we talk about Ratio Christie's ministry, and Ratio Christie is spelled like Ratio Christ with an I at the end, but it's ratiochristie.org. Cheryl Young, welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, Jim. How are you today? Thanks so much for having us on. Oh, we're so excited. I love it when we uncover new ministries that are out there. Well, they're not, they're just new to the I Work For Him audience, but ministries that are out there helping Christ followers in their workplace to do a better job of representing Jesus and what they're doing. And Cheryl, you, I, I want to read a little bit of your bio. A Jewish believer in Jesus, having found the Lord back in 1987, you're Horatio Christie's National Media and Public Relations Coordinator and Newsletter Editor and Writer for the last three years, and you're certified in Christian Apologetics from Biola University, and much, much more. But we don't want to take too much time with that, because I really want to, let's just jump in. What is Ratio Christie? What does it mean? Yes, well, Ratio Christi is the Latin, Ratio Christi, for the reason of Christ. You know, 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope you profess, and this is the center of what we teach. So then, talk to me about what the mission of Ratio Christi is all about. Talk to me about, when, when you say, hey, I represent the ministry of Ratio Christi, talk to us about what is it doing? Well, we're a campus apologetics movement, and what is apologetics? It doesn't mean apologizing for our faith, as some people think. It's the, like the Latin meaning of our name. The Greek word apologia, or apologia, means to give a reason for what you believe. And we give all the good evidence why people can believe in Jesus Christ as Messiah. I love it. So you're giving people that reason for why they believe in Jesus Christ as Messiah. So what yes. kind of training does Ratio Christi do? Okay, well, we make the case for Christ by teaching the history the science, the philosophy that gives tangible, existing evidence for God's Word as truth, and the miraculous birth, life, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus. 
That's the you apologetic people, part. That's the apologetic part. But you do yes. it in a really special place. Yes. We do it on college campuses, and we're also teaching high school kids so they know this stuff before they get to the college campus. You know, there's insurmountable evidence a lot of people don't know about. It's in archaeology. It's in the physical sciences, genealogy, written history, the philosophy of truth and reason, and I could go on. But a second important thing that we teach is once our kids learn this, I mentioned 1 Peter 3.15, but 3.16 goes on to say to give our reasons with gentleness and respect. So we also teach our students to be non-argumentative and friendly in their approach. And in fact, we invite atheists and skeptics and people of other faiths to join our meetings for friendly discussions about about Christianity, and we have chapters that meet regularly, over 170 chapters at colleges and universities. Many of them meet weekly, and then these chapters also have periodically campus-wide events on various topics to attract more people. Okay, so, so stop there for a second, because I, I, I know that you're, you're, you, you just can't wait to tell everybody about it, but I want to yeah. make sure, you said, okay, these meetings are open to tons of different people, and, yeah. and, and so you don't care if an atheist shows up, a Buddhist shows up, a, 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 a Muslim shows up, you don't care where they come from their faith, uh, where they are in relation to God, you invite anybody, and you can have, an, as long as we can have an open, honest conversation. Exactly. Anybody that's um, anybody that is a student or or an educator on the, they have to be on the campus, you know, for some reason as a student or part of the or part of the staff. Uh, so yes, they can come because our students are being taught to talk to everybody, you know, with respect uh, for all worldviews, and we they will see why Christianity can blend with solid intellect and why it's not a nonsensical faith. Well, and, and so what I want to do is I want you, you've arranged for lots of people that are involved in the ministry of Ratio Christi, people that have gone through the training, and, and I want to make sure that we get all of these in there today, and we want to hear more, because sure. when I get back to you, I want to find out why did you get involved in this, but we've got first on the line, we've got in studio one of your students, we've got, yeah. Meg, we've got Megan Luke's right here, she's looking at me, she's smiling, but she knows her part's not till after the after the break, but we've got Melissa Pelu, 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 I'm sorry, I'm going to have to ask her how to pronounce that, but Melissa, <laughs> she's a, ca- a chapter co-director with her husband, Devin, at the Winthrop University in South Carolina. Melissa, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much for having us on. Okay, tell me how you say your last name. I'm sorry, I probably screwed uh, it's, it. It's Pelu, you were very close. Pelu, so okay. Not too, not too bad. <laughs> I, want, I was going with the French sounding, Pelu, okay, but Pelu, okay, all right. So talk to me about this. Why did you get involved in Ratio Christi? Oh, my goodness. I just, there's so many reasons why to get involved with Russia, Christy. Um, I mean, as we're navigating through um, just our our society and our culture right now, and as young people are, they're being bombarded with so many different worldviews, and and they're trying to um, navigate through these ideas. This is just a perfect ministry to help them to think clearly about why they believe what they believe, whether they come from a Christian background or a not Christian background. Um, we want to present the truth of what um, what the scriptures teach, um, the reality of um, of who God is, and to give them those opportunities to think through these these tough questions um, and these worldview questions that they're being pressed with on a daily basis. So, well, and Melissa, just, we know we know that students are under attack on campus. We know that that's happening absolutely. all the time. How did you personally go through this training first before you started training others? Well, yeah, I, this has been on our hearts for, we saw this years ago, my husband and I. So we've been doing apologetics training for the last, oh my goodness, 15, uh, 13 years. We, we knew that this was uh, a needed um, 
a movement within Christian uh, within Christianity that we needed to have some some uh, ideas and, and to have some basis of why we believe what we believe and to have some you know grounding in philosophy and history and science and these areas um, that. Uh, Christians typically aren't really engaged in. So we've been training ourselves and preparing for this for a number of years. So how many so, students do you yeah. do you get a chance to impact there at Winthrop University? How many students are involved in the, the Ratio Christi training right now? Well, right now, our club, um, we have uh, an average of anywhere from, it, it can vary, we can, from 20 to, to 50 to 50 students um, on a any given night um, of one of our meetings. Um, we have public events, which we have had up to, you know, a couple hundred um, people, um, public and um, students on the campus to, to attend when we talk about issues such as faith and reason, um, God and science, um, the reliability of the Bible, these sort of things. So um, we're, we're reaching um, the campus and beyond as Be- well. Before we get to our break, and I have to cut you off, I don't want to do that, but we have lots of people calling sure. in. Talk to me about one really incredible story as a result of people getting involved with Ratio Christie on their college campus. Tell us something really cool that's happened at Winthrop University in South Carolina. Absolutely. We had one student who, she came and she had been raised in a Christian home, but she had no... Um, she didn't have much of a foundation. Um, she didn't even really understand the gospel. Um, and so we were able to work with her through a couple semesters and to really um, give her some, some reasons to understand why this really is real, why Christianity it stands the test of truth. And she is now sold out for Jesus, and she is spreading the gospel, um, whereas before she just she didn't even know if she was um, really dedicated to Christ. And now she is she is just one of the biggest evangelists on our campus that we know. And so it's been such a blessing to see her grow and blossom. And I have num- uh, uh, just a number of stories similar to that as well. Well, we're going to get to hear a lot of those stories today from all over the country. But I just want to thank you, Melissa, for calling in and sharing what's going on there at Winthrop University and how Rashio Christie's impacting the students there. Thank you for the work that you and your husband are doing. And just keep it up. And as you see incredible things happen, make sure you get connected with me by email so I can hear those stories. We can highlight them on I Work For Him. All right, we're talking about the ministry of Ratio Christi. And again, if you want to figure out how that's spelled, go on to our Facebook page. You'll see a link to it tonight right after the show. But it's it's like spelled Ratio Christi. Uh, ratio, right. ra- that's what I'm just trying to make sure people understand. RatioChristi.org. Cheryl, just really quick for our audience before we get to our next caller, talk to me about what's Ratio Christi all about? Well, you know, the college campus today is the most influential institution in Western civilization. Do you know that? It, it's kind of like universe. The university today is like what Rome was at its peak. It's the center of society and culture. We get our professors, lawyers, doctors, judges, teachers from universities. And like you said at the beginning of the show, the Christian worldview is very questioned in college today. So we prefer, uh, we prepare Christian students uh, to enter college uh, to, to be prepared to deeply explain why they believe in Christ to their non-believing friends and to campus, to campus educators and administrators. Now, now we started reaching out to high school students, Jim, you know why? Because when the college kids come to us, they say, I was never taught this. I was never taught I'd be asked such hard questions about my faith. So now we're training high school students 
So they'll be prepared to answer hard questions before they reach the college doorstep. When you've got one of those high school, the students that took it in high school, we've got Aaron Israel on the line yes. today with us. And Aaron actually took Rashio Christie as a high school student in one of our earliest high school apologetics chapters for Rashio Christie. Now he's a Rashio Christie mentor to high schoolers himself. Aaron Israel, welcome to I Work For Him. Hi, Jim. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you calling in today. Talk to me about how, why you got involved in Rashio Christie as a high school student. Absolutely. So I actually, it, it all started when I went and did some evangelism in a trailer park with some of my youth group, my church back home. And I noticed, it was really one of the first times that I was sharing the gospel with strangers, and I noticed there was a few students in particular who were just able to share the gospel with just a great confidence, and they were giving evidence and reasons to believe in Jesus Christ. And, you know, I was curious about this, so I asked them, and I found out they were studying evidence for Christianity every Monday night at my church. So I went, checked it out, and I absolutely loved it. It's changed my life, and I've been studying and applying apologetics ever since. And that's really how I got started. That group actually became that group that you mentioned earlier. It became the pilot high school group for Rashi Christie College Prep. I graduated from it, became a Rashi Christie College Prep mentor, so now I, I help uh, prepare high school students for the challenges they're going to face in college. And I'm also in college myself, and I'm a student officer at the College Rashio Christie Club on Appalachian State uh, University's campus. Right in Boone, North Carolina. Yes, sir. Yes. I love that. I, just, I love that campus. Phenomenal campus. Aaron, so talk to me about how your preparation as a high school student prepared you for what you would face as opposition to your faith when you got to the college campus. Talk, give me one example of how your preparation through the ministry of Rashio Christie impacted your time at college. Okay, well, a great example could actually be from yesterday. I was in a class titled, it's a religious class, religion class I'm in, um, it's titled Life Without God, and the, within the first 10 minutes of class, um, the professor stated, there is no controversy about evolution uh, <laughs> really? at all mm -hmm. in science, um, it's a fact, and then also that we should stop, we should stop giving theists or Christians, you know, a reason, a, a, a even voice in academia. We shouldn't even uh, debate them because it validates their voice in academia. And so they're threatened by debate. Just say that they're threatened by truth. So therefore, just ignore them because if we talk about truth, I'm sorry. Just go. Oh my right, goodness. Right. Exactly. Ah. <laughs> so so yesterday I was we were in class and we were discussing miracles and. The professor was talking about how it is basically never rational, it's never rationally possible to even believe in a miracle, and that physicalism, naturalism, is true. There's no immaterial reality. There's only physical reality, and so you just shouldn't believe in any type of miracle. Then he po he pointed out Christianity. He applied that. He called out Christianity specifically and applied that, and so. How I was prepared um, is I was able to actually ask him some questions, ask him some tough questions with that. And um, so one example, one example is he, he said the Apostle Paul, when Jesus appeared to him, the Apostle Paul, that it's been suggested that he was just on drugs, like on LSD. That's actually what this professor said. Huh. Uh, that Paul, the Apostle Paul, the reason why he saw Jesus was because he was on LSD. And... So he said, you know, that's a plausible, natural explanation, so we don't need to go with a miraculous one. And so I, I asked this professor, um, well, what is your criteria, you know, for evidence, for believing in a miracle? You know, it seems to be really high, but what, what would you accept as evidence? And so just, just kind of establish what he would accept 
to as reasons to believe. And, and really quick, because we're running out of time. Yeah. Did I mean what? What was the result of it? Did the te- was the teacher open to actually having a nice debate with you, or did he get defensive when you started questioning him? Um, he he was somewhat open. He got a little bit defensive. Um, but I was able to by asking that question. He basically admitted that there was no there was no evidence that would convince him. He said that if Jesus appeared to him directly like he did to Paul, then he would believe. But then I responded, well, wouldn't you just say that you were on LSD just like Paul? And so it kind of pointed out the logical inconsistencies there. Hmm. Um, he had a hard time yeah. explaining away Paul getting blinded, too, and maybe Paul getting unblinded. I mean, I, I know, this is stuff like yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, I don't want to believe, but I'm not going to let you talk to me about what I might have to believe. Truth is very intrusive. It's very inconvenient. Oh, it's an inconvenient truth, this whole Jesus thing. All right, sorry, you get me riled up, Aaron. I love it. Oh, I, I would love to talk more, but we've got to move on to our next caller that's going to give us a testimony on Rocio Christie. But Aaron Israel, thanks for calling in today sharing a little bit of your story. Keep up the good work. Be encouraged that there are Christ followers all across the nation and around the world that are praying for Aaron Israel right there on the campus of Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina. Thanks, Aaron. Yep, no problem. Thanks. All right, next up, we've got Noah Myers. Noah's a chapter director at Colorado State University. Noah, just give me really quick, how did you get involved and why did you get involved in Rocio Christie? Um, man, I've just had a excitement and a passion for apologetics for a long time now, just seeing my own friends, whether they were Christians or not, that had their doubts and questions about Christianity, and being able to share with them the reasons why intellectually we can believe in Christ with good reason, and seeing those wheels turning and a lot of my friends stay in the faith as a result of that or come to faith as a result of that, um, ended up finding Rasio Christie and just seeing, man, I have a passion for apologetics, have a passion for college students, there's not a better fit out there. Um, and so that's kind of how it got started with me. Give me a story. Share with me something that has, as you, did you go through Rocio Christie as a college student or, or did you do it after you got out of college? I did it after. Um, I just got on board with things as I've been going to seminary school, studying apologetics specifically. Um, I just through that, um, got so, involved with Rocio Christie, just seeing the vision. Okay. Knowing what it was all about. So, are you engaging so. students in training right now? Then, are you you leading some of these these weekly meetings at Horacio Christie right there at, at uh, Colorado? Uh, yep. What is yeah. That? Um, so we just Colorado started State. this last okay. spring, and we have over twenty five students that have been showing up every week. And now we're kind of getting ready to launch into this new semester. As last semester, we really didn't do anything to do any promotional for our group. Um, this semester, we're actually. Thursday, having an event where we're going to just do an open Q&A and let any student ask any question they have about Christianity whatsoever. Nice. Okay, Um, so do you get challenged by campus police or campus professors or campus administrative people as you do these groups? Do you get get them to come in and ask you questions? um, That's the hope. Right now, most of the people I don't think are aware as much of our chapter just because we're so new and we didn't really do much of public stuff last semester, but we did have a good, good amount of students that came in, even just last semester, just hearing about us through word of mouth. They would come in, and we're just kind of looking to peg one of us um, as they were at the meeting, and I think all of them did come away just realizing, wow, okay, this is a group that they actually have thought about the reasons why they believe in Christianity, and it's not just, they're not just going to hear, just have more faith. Uh, when they're given questions and they're trying to pin us against the wall, uh, okay, so we're actually able to deal with it a lot. 
So speak to the parents that are out there, maybe the parents that are sending their kids to Colorado State University, but sending, I mean, parents across America have sent their kids off to college. Colleges across America are back in, in class for the most part. Speak to those parents about why they should tell their kids to get involved in Rocio Christie. Really quick, tell me, tell me that. Um, honestly, what it is is just realizing 50 to 70% of students who are regularly involved with, with church in high school stop when they get to college. And when we look at the reasons why, five of the seven reasons why students say that they left are apologetics-related questions. They're wondering why you can, how you can reconcile science to the Bible, why bad things happen to good people. Those are apologetics questions, and those are the reasons that students are leaving the church. There's great answers to those, but a lot of times, even a campus ministry that's doing a great job, they don't have the training in that specifically. And which is another great part about what Ratio Christie is about. I'm actually working with a lot of campus ministries, and I met with a couple even in the last couple of days, of how can I meet with your students? How can I provide training to your staff, your, your own students that are a part of your ministry? to be able to know how to do these apologetics things. and to be no, Noah Myers, i got to cut you off. Thanks for being an I work for him. Thanks for sharing some of your story. Thanks for being part of Ratio Christie. An amazing conversation today about the defense of our faith as we equip our students to go on to campuses, both high school and college, to learn how to defend their faith ahead of time before they get attacked with hatchets and saw blades and knives and guns and, and everything else to get on college campuses. We need to prepare our kids to defend their faith. Why? Because our faith is defendable. But we need to help our kids know how to do it. And here's a ministry that is focused completely on that. It's Ratio Christi, spelled ratiochristi.org, like Christi.org. You get it on my website, but ratiochristi.org. I've been practicing my Latin all week long, so I had it for today. Cheryl Young, you're the media outreach coordinator, and you have done a phenomenal job pulling together this show. Talk to me about, you've just heard all those testimonies, and we've got a couple more left. How exciting is it for you to be part of a ministry that equips students to defend their faith? Tim, this is just so exciting for me. Uh, you know, I got involved because I was already a journalist writing on our culture, turning away from Judeo-Christian values, and I did some research on Christian youth and young adults leaving Christianity, especially once they reached college. And just the first president of RC found me on LinkedIn and asked me to proofread and edit their, their new blog. And when I realized how closely it related to my work and that RC was training students in reasons and ways to stay connected to Christ and connected to the Church, I just asked if there was some way I could come on board and do more. And uh, we prayed about it for over a year, and the media position was established, and I gladly, gladly accepted it. We have so many testimonies of young people coming to Christ, recommitting themselves to Christ in the Church, becoming competent evangelists because of what they've learned with us. It's just such a privilege. And, you know, other people can get involved, too. Uh, they can just go to rationalchristie.org and, and see how to get involved with us. We, we love volunteers. We love people that turn into workers from first being volunteers. And I can tell anyone, uh, I won't reveal my age, but I can tell everyone this is one of the best most rewarding God-led things I have ever done. That is in my so life. that is so cool. It's so it's exciting to hear from our students and people that have gone through this that are on college campuses. 
It's exciting to hear for that. And so we've got in studio one of your Ratio Christie students. We've yeah. got Megan Lukes. She's on the campus of USF right here in Tampa Bay. Megan Lukes, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you for having me. She's been so patient waiting for her time. And, and so, Megan, I, I've told you I want to hit some different questions. But first of all, how, you know, USF has got 50,000 students. How did you find out about Ratio Christie? I was actually just looking through the USF list of organizations on BullSync. It's our organization database, and I just was really wanting to get involved in something, so I really was just scrolling through down each of them, and I was like, oh, Ratio Christie, what's that? And said apologetics, and I'm like, I am in. You're in. You're in. And you like and you like reading books. You told me ahead of time, you got, and I've got a book in my studio I'm going to give to you after the show. So talk to me about, you know, one of the things I think that uh, was either Aaron or it was Noah said, hey, I get asked a question. You know, one of the questions we deal with is, why do bad things happen to good people? Have you been trained how to answer that question? Yes, I've gone about it in a few different ways. So give me one of those ways, because that's a question that all of us as Christ followers, we get asked that question. What's the greatest way to answer that question? Yeah, basically the why is there evil in the world? That's like the biggest question that we always hear and the variation of it. Why do bad things happen to good people? I've heard some people try to go about it as, oh, well, there's not really any good people. Everyone's evil. And shockingly enough, that doesn't really make most people feel any better. <laughs> no, because they think they're good, relatively good people. Yeah, most people on the relative think of themselves meter. as good people. Right. You know, they're more good than bad or right. whatever they're wanting to say. So rather, I usually go for the free will argument and that a lot of the bad things that happen to people are the result of other people's actions. So rather than interfering with one person's actions in order to prevent it from affecting another person, God allows everyone to act within their capacity for free will. But what about the 240,000 people that died from the tidal wave when it hit uh, uh, Indonesia back in 2004, on December 26, 2004? What about that day? Right. Those people, that wasn't an act of one person that impacted other people. That was a tidal wave. Right. That would be more of questions about natural evil. In that particular case, one of the best arguments I've heard is that a lot of the natural disasters that we hear about are the result of people living in very specific regions that are prone to those sort of disasters, you know, living on a coast where there's an offshore fault line, in which case they'll be subject to tsunamis and earthquakes or living in a drought prone region or living in all of these parts of the earth where natural disasters are likely to happen. So people will often say that we were meant to live in a very specific place, like the Garden of Eden, where the factors surrounding them wouldn't have allowed for all of these natural disasters. So it's only once people started spreading out and going to these regions of the world where they were prone to natural disasters that they you're, started being affected. You're living in Florida. I mean, you're living in Florida. I mean, literally, the, you know, the highest part in the state's like 100 feet above sea level. So if a meteor ever hits the middle of the Gulf, we're all underwater. I live across the street from the beach, so I'm one of those stupid people you're talking about. So yes. I'm, I'm one of those men who built a house on sand, which Pretty Jesus much. talked about those people. But how, when somebody starts to challenge you on your faith, well, let's just talk about those conversations you've had on campus. Have, do people, do students, you know, we all, we're all, all us adults, and not that you're not an adult, but all of us older adults, all we hear is the negative, negative, negative people just bashing Christians on college campuses. Is there, are there any students out there having legitimate conversations with you about seeking to find out, is there really truth represented in Christianity? I do occasionally encounter other students who seem genuinely curious, but 
it seems like a lot of people are coming into such a polarized environment that it's very hard to just be in that sort of in-between of I'm open to all possibilities, I'm genuinely seeking the truth. A lot of people seem to be coming into the university with their ideas pretty firmly set, especially if it's against Christianity. They have already heard so much from the culture, and even in high school, you start getting sort of indoctrinated to these ideas. Well, didn't you start getting indoctrinated in elementary school, talking about Darwinism and evolution? I mean, it started young, didn't it? Oh, yes, definitely. I always thought that Darwinism sounded ridiculous, even from a young age, because... It takes a lot of faith to believe in Darwinism and evolution. Yes, it's requiring increasing amounts of faith. I actually talked to Dr. Hugh Ross. He came on campus for us last semester, and he said that he attends the annual Origin of Life conference, and he says it's hilarious because every year they seem to get more and more depressed because everything that science is coming out with makes it less and less likely that life could just spring about. <laughs> Come on. Well, it all comes from the Big Bang. Really? Have you ever exploded anything? No. Well, if you have exploded anything, have you ever seen it all come out round and perfectly you know, organized and with all kinds of patterns that can be predicted by mathematics? You know, that you, no, 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 no. And we evolved from primordial goo. Love that Star Trek episode. That was a great one. <laughs> all right. So talk to me about the opportunities you've had to take your training from Ratio Christie and put it into action right there on campus at USF in Tampa. Well... One of the original reasons that I wanted to get involved with apologetics was to address the concerns of, or I guess arguments of my professors. I wanted to be able to defend my faith to them, at least for my own intellectual integrity. So I started with... Instead of letting them steamroll over, you actually challenge them a little exactly. in a respectful manner. Yes, I did learn pretty early on that you have to be very careful about doing that because if you try to go to your biology professor and start questioning his knowledge of biology... He knows a lot more about biology than you do. He has a PhD. You are an undergraduate student. He can start making things up, and you will not even know it. So definitely be sure to go to them, like, in their office hours and do it in a very respectful manner, one that won't challenge their pride. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, So how have you seen Um, your – put your training – interaction – no, you're fine. Radio is intimidating sometimes, (laughs) especially me because I'm so intensely hyper. Talk to me about have you had conversations with students – you know, fellow students, where you were able to put your training into action? Yes. One of the more recent examples that I had was a student that I met in a film and culture class where we didn't actually talk about culture all that much. It was very strange. But the student was saying that he thought that Christianity was inherently hateful because it was responsible for so many of the horrors that had happened. And he was even trying to say that Hitler was a Christian, which sounds pretty ridiculous to me, but whatever. And He was asking, you know, what could possibly explain the horrors that have happened in this so-called Christian nation? I started to talk to him about the difference between acting in line with your beliefs versus acting against your beliefs and how many of the horrors that have happened even within the Christian nation, they're the result of people acting directly against their uh, stated beliefs. And then he started saying, oh, well— why is there evil at all? Why couldn't everything just be perfect? I was asking, well, what do you mean by everything being perfect? And he said that he was 
not really sure because he wanted to be able to do things and he didn't want anyone else to tell him what to do. And then so the whole God got in his way and said, well, if there's a God, then there's then there's right and wrong. And if there's right and wrong, then I could feel guilt. So as long as I don't admit to God, then I don't feel any right and wrong. and, And it doesn't make me feel guilty. Yeah, that's usually what it comes down to is I don't want a God who will tell me what I should and shouldn't do. We've got in studio with us today. Megan Lukes, she's at USF Tampa. But we've had people from all over, from Boone, North Carolina, from Colorado State University. And next up, we've got Larry Baxter. Larry Baxter is, he's in West Lafayette, Indiana. Larry, isn't that like where, there's a big university there too. I I think, I can't remember what it is. Purdue University. I knew there was a big one. Purdue University. I just couldn't remember what it was. Part of the Big Ten. I grew up in Minnesota, but it's so embarrassing to talk about sports in Minnesota. So (laughs) Purdue University. I love that. Larry, what is your role with Rashio Christie? Well, Jim, I'm excited to be on the the, the show, and thanks for for asking us on here. Um, Our ministries really have a lot in common. Rashio Christie, uh, the professor ministry, is fairly new. God's been doing a ton with the students, and we realize that to have a major impact for years to come if we can uh, leverage the influence of the professor in the classroom and on the campus. That's going to have a uh, major impact, and our focus in the ministry is really to help them to understand uh, the, the possibility for living out their career as a calling, as a vocation. In other words, working for him. Okay, so that, I love that. I love that. So what you're really saying is that there's still hope that there are Christ followers that are on our college universities campuses and that you are out there trying to equip them to be able to live out their faith in their professions every day. Exactly. They're definitely out there, but they're, they're so under the gun. They, they feel like they have to fly under the radar, especially if before they get uh, tenure. And uh, I know from being a, a professor, I had, I had no mentors, no examples to follow, had so many questions on what I could or couldn't say or to share my faith, and I wished at the time there had been uh, some folks there to help me through it, and then, and Rasha Christie wants to be uh, that type of uh, support for professors seeking to, to follow him. I love the fact that you see that and that you experience that personally so you understand what these professors have ex- are experiencing. And there are organizations out there. National Center for Life and Liberty, I have, I have David Gibbs III, is a phenomenal resource that will tell you exactly what your rights are in a workplace. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean just because you have the right doesn't mean people aren't going to persecute you for okay. your beliefs. And, and yep. that's really what what is the big deal is you've got professors that if they say, hey, I'm a Christ follower, they will be destroyed even with illogical nonsense, but they're going to be attacked. Isn't that true? Sadly, that is uh, that is true. We we do see examples of that. We see others that are just um, kind of putting it putting it out there and uh, and trusting in God. And, and when they do, God tends to to do uh, to, to to show up in a powerful way and to to make an impact on that uh, on that campus. So what you're saying is you're challenging Christ-following university professors to stop worrying about their stinking tenure and saying, hey, live boldly for Christ and let him defend you? You're saying that? Well, it's it's, it's definitely a matter of uh, priorities. There's, there's no doubt you need to be excellent in the, in the profession. Of course. Uh, both for professors and elsewhere. But but really, the, the, the question is, is what is what is your top priority in life? What, what are you really looking to, to see happen? Is it all about you and your career, or is it about putting Christ, Christ first in all that you do? And the integration of your faith and your career is so important. It can't just be a Sunday thing that you check off and then act the rest of uh, the week the way that you want. But it is, and I said a lot of that tongue in cheek, but I, because I know we're all, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out who's our provider. Are we providing or is God providing? But 
I understand the university campus in the United States of America right now is a very toxic place for people who profess their faith in Christ. We're hearing about it on the news all the time. They are gladly talking about how they're they're eliminating free speech on universities, but there's still hope. The media loves to blow up stuff. Tell people, Larry Baxter, tell people that there's still hope for the university campuses across the United States of America. Oh, we have we have great hope for the uh, for the uh, campuses because we, we serve a great God. And um, one resource that we have is we we have um, uh, professors give short videos on on how they are integrating their, their faith and uh, career. That's on our website or at tinyurl.com/rcprof is is one place you can hear these stories from the professors themselves and folks like uh, Melissa and Devin tell you they're my heroes. They are they are really encouraging the professors. They have a some folks there who are just on fire for Christ, and I learned for them, and I want to share that with other professors across the country. So you said that website really quick, but you said it was rcprof.org? Uh, either our, um, our Russia Christie website or tinyurl.com slash rcprof. Tinyurl.com. Never even heard of that before. That's that's interesting. Okay, but they can re- they can get access to those pre- those testimonials on the Rashio Christie website? Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, org. Perfect. Okay. Larry, last thing before I got to let you go, because we're just running really crazy today. Talk to the parents of students that have that, that have students on uh, not on university campuses across the country, both Christian and non-Christian universities, because I understand there's attacks on quote-unquote Christian universities as well, on people's faith. Talk, tell parents out there how why they should get their students involved in Ratio Christi. Well, I, I have a uh, I have a daughter going to college for her first year, and so parents, I, I absolutely relate with you as uh, as well. And the, the the struggle is real for the students, but there there are students out there that will uh, love them, help them to uh, to learn not only what they believe but why, and and learn how to give a credible uh, defense for their faith and how to talk to people in a way that. Uh, uh, really makes a lot of sense um, in integration of uh, a faith and reason. And um, if the difference that that's going to make in your student's life is going to be just tremendous. Larry Baxter, thanks for calling in from Purdue University out there in Indiana. Thanks for doing it today right here on I Work My for pleasure. Him. My pleasure. All right, and you talk about that impact, Megan Lukes. You said, you, Jim, just give me a moment to share how it's impacted my faith going through the Ratio Christie training. Megan, there you go. Get a minute. Uh, I think that it's safe to say that all of us are going to go through at least one point in our lives, one of those really tough valley experiences where maybe you're failing academically or you're losing your job. Maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend just broke up with you or your friends or have abandoned you or maybe you've got a loved one who's sick or dying or maybe you're sick or dying. And it's at those times that it can often feel like God is so far away and that you can't even feel him anymore and you maybe even start questioning whether or not he's there. So thanks to my apologetics training, I've had those kind of experiences where you can't you feel like you can't even feel God anymore, but thanks to the apologetics I can know that God is there. Mm. I can know using my rational mind that he is still there no matter what my feelings tell me. So whether or not you're a student, whether or not you're in what you feel is a high-pressure or hostile environment, I strongly encourage you to start researching apologetics so that way you are prepared when those things happen. So you can love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, not just your heart and soul. And what's great is it, I mean, as Christ followers, we tend to be very weak in defending our faith, yet your, your friends who are followers of Islam 
or followers of Buddha. Or, I mean, those those guys, they're really good at defending their faith. I mean, you've had conversations with them, I imagine. Yes, definitely. And they're really good at defending their faith, aren't they? Yeah. Actually, last year we had one student who came to almost all of our meetings. He was a Muslim student, and we never were quite able to convince him. We would talk to him for hours afterwards, and he was very good at defending his beliefs. And, and they yeah. actually believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. They just don't believe he's the ultimate prophet. Exactly. Megan, thank you so much for sharing your story right here on I Work From. It's great to have you in, in studio with us. Thank you for having me. And, and that just means there's hope for the USF campus right here in Tampa because there's all kinds of students like Megan out there, and there's great ministries on all of our universities touching the lives. Cheryl, a- as we close up the story of Rashio Christie today on mm-hmm. I Work For Him, what's one thing you want to speak out there to the listening audience about why they need to be involved in Rashio Christie and get their students involved? Yes, we're living in a completely different generation today. Uh, Previous generations didn't have all this technology. There wasn't so many things taking our time away, and everybody had a Bible in their house. Well, that's not true today. Uh, Kids can't go to the college campus and say they believe because my parents say so or because my pastor says so. Uh, Like Larry was talking about professors. Do you know the professors... Uh, young professors just starting out their profer- uh, their uh, profession uh, are in a ratio, secular professors are in a ratio of 23 to every one conservative or Christian professor. And, and, you, put, that and you put that qualifier in there, conservative or Christian, but not necessarily. Yes. I mean, I mean that's 23 to 1. I actually figured it was even worse than that. But that's, that means there's hope. That means there's 5%. Well, a little bit less than 5%. Well, 5%. You can look at it that way. The cup is half full. But I just want to close up saying a couple of things. That parent, we have ways for parents to get involved in apologetics, too. We have our broadcast, Truth Matters. They can just go to Ratio Christie slash truth matters. If you go to the Rational Christie website, there's about 10 tabs across the top that tell you all about our different ministries, um, the college prep that's been mentioned today, the RC Prop, our international outreach. People can go to all of those places. And I do want people to know, too, we don't compete with other campus ministries. I think this is one thing that makes us so successful. Yeah, you're supporting those ministries. Cheryl Young, thank you so much for bringing Rachio Christie to our attention, to helping us get it out to the I Work For Him audience. We will pray pray lots of blessings on Rachio Christie. Thanks for sharing it today, Cheryl Young. Thank you so much, Jim. And again, thank you, Megan Lukes, for being in studio with us today. Check out Rachio Christie online at rachiochristie.org. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately... You know what? I work for him.